Hi, welcome back to Mom, Let's Talk. It's been a long time I've been on a vacation and things have changed and then still remain the same. I started this last year talking about my eldest son and the mental health journey he's on and the fact that he really wants his mom it is so crazy for me to be as open as I am and for him to close me as if I told him I don't welcome him wanting his mom or wanting to be with his mom or anything like that. I don't know where this stems from and I've done lots of classes on trauma and foster kids and reattachment and all of those things and that's what keeps me in a position where I'm open to hear what he has to say or be understanding to his feelings. I don't get where he's coming from. He went to back to the behavioral hospital um, this year and What he did was he got caught committing credit card scams. What he started doing was he called himself researching the credit card scams. And as he's researching it, he's actually doing it. So when he was caught researching credit card scams, he decides to say, Okay, well, I'm going to kill you, your unborn child, and myself. This is what he's saying to his sister. Of course, all of these things take place when I'm not home. So, I have to leave work to get home, to be there when the police and the ambulance arrive, and... I I go. He spends a week, a week and a half in the hospital. He comes out, you know, he's got this attitude. Um, He's not going to talk to me the whole time he was in the hospital. He didn't want to make phone calls or, you know, he didn't want any visits or anything like that. For me, that's fine. I understand. Get yourself together. But he seems to think that's hurting me. I don't understand that either. Over the years, my son has told me I am not his family. And stop pretending like I am. Because he's not a part of this family. And he only wants his family 
Well, I've told you last year that the people that had him from five months to five years gave him back to the state, or should I say, gave him to the state. Unbelievable. He's chasing someone who doesn't want him. And I, I, I don't understand that. And I, I will put this in the preface of my reason for not understanding that is even in my own relationships, no matter how much I've fallen in love with someone, if they give me an inkling of that they don't want me, I back off. I reevaluate myself and see where this is going and I also try to teach my son to love himself more than he loves someone else because at the end of the day who's there for you it's you he's going to become an adult and he needs to know how to stand on his own instead of being a codependent or dependent on others for validation for himself. I, I was trying to teach that to him and I haven't been able to get in edgewise where he has that understanding of it's him who matters. No one else matters because when he becomes 18, he has to rely on himself for everything. And I'm hoping that he gets it now. As I started this podcast, I was telling you he had gone into the hospital. He comes back home within a week, a week and a half. And he's got this, like, attitude. And he's still telling me, oh, I just want to see my mom one last time before I kill myself and yada, yada, yada. Don't get me wrong. I know this is just verbiage. But I made sure the next day to return him back. Because, of course, you know, there's always that bureaucracy. Like, if I didn't do it and something happens, why didn't you do it? But then on the flip side, why did I do it? So you're caught between a rock and a hard place on what you should do. And it is kind of confusing, but I had to stand my ground take him back let them figure it out and you know he didn't he doesn't want to be in my home he doesn't want to be in my home and DCFS doesn't want him back so I'm caught there as well and he doesn't get that he also has yet to figure out that when I adopted him that meant he was my son And that I was his forever home. 
I understand he doesn't want me. I get that. But I'm trying to teach him to wait it out. He'll be 17 this year. The following year, he's 18. Now, if someone told me that when I turn 18, that they would take me to the place where I could find my mom, they don't mind. I would just wait my time out. Sometimes I equate that to the fact that I am a girl and girls think differently than boys. And I also have to equate that to the fact that I did live with my birth mom for all of my life. And I didn't have to go through some of the traumas that he has gone through. I cannot tell you that my life has been a bowl of cherries. I'm truly telling you that things have come up in my life that make me who I am. That has given me some tough skin. But I'm also a very emotional person. My feelings get hurt. I don't always show it. But yeah, my feelings do get hurt. People do hurt me. But I also have to think about who is it that matters in my life? Is it the outside people or is it me? I'm trying to teach that to my son so that once he turns 18, he doesn't walk out into the world and just walk up and be like, love me, love me, love me. And hopping from person to person and situation to situation because that's terrible. Things have come about You know, just craziness, craziness. You know, I talked about a foster child of mine last season of Mom Let's Talk and talked about how it was her birthday and we celebrated her birthday and You know, when she lived with me, she didn't want any parts of me. She didn't want to learn from me. You know, all of those things. Well, I will say, this particular foster child ended up needing a place to stay. I gave her a place to stay. And I tried to put her on the right path because last season she was telling me how she was pregnant and about to deliver and she needed to get on the right path so she could keep this baby this is the fourth baby born and it's also the fourth baby she lost she lost this baby due to her addictions and her mental state and her unwillingness to listen now the whole time she's in my home 
it was a lot of showing my son where he could be in life if he doesn't straighten up. I'm really big on giving models. Now, he understands that this young lady wanted her mom and her family and all of that. He also listened to her stories to find out that the relationship between her and her mom just isn't where she wanted it to be. She often talked about how crazy her family is and how hell-bent they are against her. And it's just so weird. Now, I, I spoke about the young lady losing this fourth baby. She loses a fourth baby to the father whom she's in a relationship with. He has to report that, um, you know, they're not together and he has to get an order of protection against her and all of this. And now he has the baby. He doesn't really want the baby. So he convinces the mom who's not supposed to have the baby that he'll let her keep the baby and um, he'll just get the baby back you know before the investigator or caseworker comes around well somehow they get into this altercation and she takes the baby and puts the baby on the porch of the house where the father is residing and walks away So that goes on. Well, the father of the baby starts saying all these different things about you should kill yourself, you're worthless, and all of this. Now, granted, all of this is playing out in front of my son, who doesn't even, like, figure these things out, like, how this should go. Not only... Does she talk to her bio mom? Her bio mom calls DCFS on the baby's father. And gets the baby taken away from the father. There's an investigation going on. As that is going on, I had gotten my foster daughter into the the behavioral hospital so she can get her meds checked and get regulated and back on her meds. All of this is taking place while she's in the behavioral hospital. Now she's talking to everyone. She's talking to her mom. She's talking to the baby's father and she's listening to all of this. Now she's mad at her mom for calling DCFS The baby's dad has told her prior to her going into the hospital to kill herself. But now she's still also in love with him. So now they're bonding over the fact that her mom called DCFS. Well, 
it's a crazy situation. So the investigation is unfounded. The baby's father gets the baby back. Well, as that is happening, she's like, hey, I'm going to get this money. I'm going to give you some because I know you haven't worked because you got the baby. And this is his biggest complaint. He can't go to work because he has to take care of the baby. I looked at my foster daughter and I was like, wow, all these single moms out here that go to work, they have children, they make money, they pay all of their bills, Hmm. and he can't go to work because he has one kid, and it's an infant, wow, interesting, so all of this plays out in front of my son. I often wonder, does he feel fortunate that he has a family that cares for him and yet he doesn't want to be part of it? I wonder that. I wonder, does he listen to what's going on and think about it? And think, hmm, am I going to be in that position? Am I going to do some of these crazy things? Because this particular person was a foster kid just like me. Going through some of the similar things like me. The one thing I have is I got adopted. She didn't, you know... I I wonder, does he think of things like that? Does he try to figure it out or piece things together? That's always going to be something I wonder about. Because I wish and hope for the best for my son. But sometimes I just don't think he's going to get it. You know, I just don't think he's going to get it. I ponder that often. And, you know, I I wish you could see my face because my face has this puzzled look on it. It's like, wow. Does he really think or analyze or ponder or wonder what it's going to be like when he is 18 and when he is able to go and do what he wants to do? Will he be a critical thinker? Will he be a conscious thinker? Will he be able to do those things that we would say a neurotypical person could do? Is he going to be able to think logically? 
you know I don't want to release somebody into the world who doesn't have a clue of how things work or I just I'm, I'm, I'm really big on not being a failure but yet I do know that you have to fail at things to improve yourself and to make yourself better but I also think that if you have a model or something to show you the way to go that it will help you move in a way that is smooth for you life is messy life is an uphill battle but I don't want him to tumble down that hill and once he gets to the bottom be bruised and battered I want him to be able to bounce back up and dust himself off and be like okay I could try this again it wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be better next time. Those are the things that I'm hoping and wishing for with him. And I hope that everything that I have taught him, all of the things that I have put in front of him for him to understand, for him to see that he gets it. I hope that he gets it. I want to thank you for listening to Mom Let's Talk. This was a heavy conversation. It had two stories in it, but they were also intertwined. And I hope that what I talk about helps someone and it reaches someone because we're all out here trying to figure it out once again life's messy in an uphill battle some of us are sliding down the hill some of us are tumbling down it's when you get to the bottom how do you get back up Thanks again. Until next time. Mom, let's talk.